What is up, everybody? You are listening to Suds Buds, the show where good buds talk good suds with the fine workers of the beer industry. I'm your host, Eric Anderson, and as always, I am here in studio with my two amigos, producer of the show, Salsa Dave, Mr. Samuel Stiglmeyer, and co-host of the show, Dustin Stelton. What's going on, Dustin? Oh, what's that? Sorry, I didn't hear you. I was just looking at my uh, new Apple Watch here, <sighs> dinking around. It's very clean. It's very clean. I like it a lot. Thanks, man. It's a Gen 3. It's not a Gen 5. I didn't have the extra $200 to ball out, so. Now, now that thing on your wrist is about, like, four hours old, right? Yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, I should. Mm, eh, Dan will never hear it. I bought it while I was on the clock today. Yeah. Yeah, they'll never know. I was out working, and I passed by Target, and I was like, eh, I need a watch. Why not, you know? For sure, dude. No, it looks great. That's awesome. You're uh, you're very connected now. That's for sure. Dude, such a sucker for everything Apple, and it's just it's mind blowingly frustrating. But it just it helps when you buy in more. But it's like you're locked in, so you can never buy out now. Oh, it's so true. They definitely got the system down. Like I truly believe they're. Well, the first thing is once you have one of their products, you know it just it it naturally works and pairs well with. Other so many products. of their other offerings, you know? Yeah. But I also feel like, at least for their phones, doesn't it feel like they're just... They're made to deteriorate? I mean, I think a everything is bit, to a yeah. certain extent, but like it seems like every iPhone I've, I've had, other than my, my 4S, which has by far been the best phone I've ever had in my life, that thing was rock solid. Mm-hmm. Rocked that thing with a cracked screen for like four and a half years. But every other iPhone, it seems like after about a year and a half, two years, it just kind of dies on you. Well, when they're releasing something yearly, there's no money to be had when they release an all-star phone and it lasts you for the next two decades, you know? Right. They're throttling your battery. They have to. You know that new, like, iPhone feeling when you just get an iPhone and your phone lasts for, like, three days, no charge? It feels so fast. Oh, dude, incredibly fast. I've had that phone for a little over a year and a half now. I can, like... Sometimes when I'm surfing, like, the touchscreen will just bug out. Or, uh, yeah, like, the battery life, that's an issue. Granted, I'm not, like, tracking my screen time and usage. I get little reports every week on if it's up or down or not. But still, they degrade, just like you said. It's insane. And that's what I'm worrying about this watch and then the AirPods now. I don't know. Is that going to be an issue? Am I going to have to buy AirPods every year? Man, I hope not. And that's... I don't know it just seems like headphones in general for me have never really lasted a long time but i guess i don't remember the last time i've had a pair of nice headphones so maybe it's just because i treat them as like a disposable thing you know i always have right. like cheap earbuds or the Dude. earbuds that that come with my phone you know check this out i had two pair no i had one pair of the corded uh beats beats by dre and then i had two of the two pairs of the um, corded like active Beats by Dre ones. All three of them shit out in like eight months. Oh man! Like on the dot, eight months. Like I'd be running, getting a sweat in, and then they would just die. Those are not cheap. No, no. That's why I was like, okay, never again, because that was the stupidest thing I've ever bought. But no, I get it, man. What I can you it. do? Yeah, what can you do? But other than the uh, the fresh new watch, what else you got going on? Ooh, you know, not a whole lot. Just kind of going through the motions. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. Yeah. No, it's it's not. It's the antithesis of exciting, actually. Yeah. Not a whole lot. What about you, man? You're probably your life's probably fireworks right now. Ooh, I don't know about that, but been making the best of it. Played outside for a little bit today. Uh, was out in the backyard taking care of the plants. The garden's nice. looking fantastic. You can tell us about the new fish you got. Yeah, that was a adventure in and of itself today. What's his uh, name? Its name is LG Degenerus. LG Degenerus. And it's a her. Her? Um, okay. Yeah, it's a little baby, a baby beta fish. Um, probably about, you know, probably a third of the size of my pinky. I would love to know how they actually, like, find out the sex of the fish. They have, I mean, there's got to be a way, obviously, but I would, like, I don't know. It's above my head. What do you do? Yeah, I, I, have, I have no idea. Did you did you make up the sex? No, no. When you, they told you, it, it says on the little Tupperware plastic container that they come in. But uh, I wonder if they made up the sex. They just kind of roll a dice. So from what I've seen, like as they get bigger, there's different like traits that you know you can usually distinguish huh. by the fish. But I mean, from like a tiny little little baby fish, you know, little 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 tiny little dudette. Yeah, little Nemo. Hang on, we're getting some info here from uh, from Sam. So female betas have smaller tails and fins than male betas. Ooh. Uh, the females tend to look more like standard fish, while the males develop elegant, long, <laughs> flowing fins. And a standard fish? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What's a standard fish? Like a like a Swedish fish, or I don't know. Uh, standard to us is so much different than people on any of the coasts. Yeah, it's a weird description for standard fish but yeah but even again so like different physical characteristics but it's again going to be hard to tell when it's it's super tiny this fish is big enough where you know you can tell it doesn't have the super huge fan fins or anything like that but she's gonna get bigger she's a cute little fish i think they might have bullshitted you on the sacks i don't think they bullshitted (laughs) me on it I don't know. I got a fish now and I'm going to take care of it and love it and teach it to do stuff and play games with it and it's going to be great. So Teach it to do backflips in the bowl. Like, to jump out of the bowl, backflip, back into the bowl because we obviously don't want a kamikaze beta fish. Yeah, no, it's it's in a pretty safe receptacle, I think. I don't, I'm not too concerned about receptacle? it. Receptacle? Uh, uh, container? Glass carafe. That's uh, just how much more intelligent you are than I am. You use words like receptacle. I just would have said, like, vase. Yeah, it's in a vase. <laughs> yeah. LG DeGeneres, welcome to the family. Dude, I definitely say we should get some shirts. <laughs> with the, with fish? the fish. Yeah, dude. So down, so down. Or even like a little like inside bicep tattoo. <laughs> You're just willing to get just about whatever tattooed. Yeah, friends of the show, uh, email SudsBuds. Uh, that's Suds with a Z buds with a z pod at gmail.com for tattoo ideas for dustin i mean honestly if they threw in the money i think we could take the top 10 we could do this at like the end of the year we could take like the top 10 best ideas throw them in a hat and then just pick the best one and just get it tattooed because why not yeah <laughs> right on right on your skin yeah Wait, you, you get it on your arm though that's oh i mean they would pick where it, I Ooh, mean, it would a, be like that's a dangerous game. Yeah, to play. yeah, yeah. We, we would have to play like the no neck, no face, anything that I could conceal. We'd have to play that game. But that's I don't, I don't want to be out here looking like Post Malone with a beta fish on my eye. <laughs> <laughs> hey, people have tattooed worse things on their face, so I don't know, dude. That claymore looks pretty dumb, and then always tired looks pretty dumb. 
not to hate on Posty, but to kind of hate on Posty. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't look great. But he's doing his thing, you know. And uh, I like to think we're kind of doing our own thing with this show. It's been fun. Did you see him just go bald? Post Malone? Yeah. It's no. wild. It's actually insane. Like, like totally, like, clean shave. <laughs> Done. <sighs> That's a uh, bold move. Yeah, and then he got, like, this whole side of his head tattooed, pretty sure. It's going to be a lot easier to maintain, I feel like, than the look he had going on. Yeah, dude, didn't he have, like, a mullet going for a little while? Like, okay, first it was super long hair, and then it was kind of, like, mulleted, and then it was super short and, like, curly, and then now he's just completely bald. Yeah, and he had he had the the braids for a while. Yeah, was that during White Iverson? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not a huge Post Malone guy, to be honest, but... Uh, dude, I remember when he came out, Charlemagne shat on him for the braids. Calling him a culture vulture, and I was like, ooh, this is awkward. Yeah, maybe we try to get uh, maybe we try to get Post on the show and drink some Bud Light. Dude, not the worst idea you've ever had. <laughs> I've I've had much worse ideas, but uh, yeah, we've talked about we've talked about Post Malone. We've talked about a, a Beta Fish and an Apple Watch. But uh, anything beer related going on in your life this past hmm. week? You know, unfortunately, not. I haven't had much time to really go out and go do some, to go do anything craft beer related other than work. I was really, really close to going to, uh, what day was it? Sunday. I was really close to going to Modest, but ended up having to do some car stuff, so. For sure. It, it is happens. what it is. I know last night we, we tried kind of an interesting one. We were watching a, a, a rerun of that. UFC fight yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, what was it? That was like an Akai... It was a Potter's Beer. Yeah. From Bent Brew Stilling out of Roseville, and it was, mm-hmm. uh, had a assortment of berries, and I believe it was brewed with, uh, a Pilsner yeast. Yeah. That was pretty solid. Nice and light, and wasn't, like, overbearingly sweet. It was just, it was a good, clean, crisp flavor. I like that. I'd be down to check that out again. Yeah, it was kind of one of those where, you know, sometimes you want to have a, a a beer with a conversation. Right. And then every once in a while you get a, a beer that should be the conversation. And I feel like that might have been one of those because it was like, again, it was super light. It was fruity, but it wasn't super sweet and it wasn't tart like a sour. It was just, right. it was a little different. You know, I think it was a little bit more complex than the uh, the hot summer night the uh, raspberry lemon blonde that we have at bald man. I think there was a little bit more intricate flavors going on there and I would have to try it again. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I got another one in the fridge. So after the show, we can, we can make that happen. Babu. But yeah, I just, I really wasn't paying attention. I had that first sip and I was like, Oh wow, yo, this is different. And then kind of yeah. dove into the fights. But uh, do you find that you pay more attention to beer when you're in the tap room versus cans? I think a good tap room will force you to pay attention to the beer. It's fair. Yeah. I don't like it's I have the issue where it's just it just becomes like what I'm drinking when it's out of a can and or like you know, we're here doing something. That's that's the really interesting thing about beer that I think we do a decent job of exploring on this show and will do is that yeah. it's uh it can really be amplified based on the 
the setting, the location that you're in. Definitely. You know, the scenery, what's going yeah. on. I mean, yeah, because I mean, when, when we're on the podcast tasting beers and reviewing beers, I'm definitely paying a, a lot more attention. But like we were just saying just last night when we were watching the, the fights, I was not paying attention at all. I was like, oh, this is just really good. And just not thinking about what's going on. Exactly. Yep. It might have to be a beer that we bring on the pod sometime. I'd be down. Let's, uh, yeah, let's definitely take another go at that tonight after uh, after the recording. And if it's worth revisiting, we'll do that. But uh, I like it. Yeah, we got some uh, special stuff to get to tonight, though. Nice. Um, Who's our guest tonight, buddy? So our guest tonight works in sales and marketing for Modest Brewing in Minneapolis and is the brother of one of my film buddies. Uh, in this next episode, Dustin and I are going to dive into the world of beer sales with our special guest, Mr. Andy Herzog. All this and more, coming up on Suds Buds. Yeah, I, uh, from actually two days before my 18th birthday, so it would have been 09, uh, started working at Mickey's Liquor over uh, North Minneapolis, was there for a couple years, and then from there bounced around, um, working, I did a lot with wine for a couple years, but then kind of shifted toward beer, did some buying, uh, I guess all in Minneapolis, but uh ran the ran the gauntlet for sure and then decided i wanted to be on the other side right was that, ever, with. was that ever tough for you working at the liquor store when people would ask you like what does this taste like so and so and you not being of age to actually try <laughs> said alcohol right and that was well Luckily, the Mickey's crowd tends to be more uh, the same 100 people four times a day, a half pint at a time. So they right. know what they're in there for. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't like that at least got me in the neighborhood and, and, you know, working with stuff. And really, like, when you start meeting distributor reps when you're like that age, <laughs> whether they realize like how far off you are from not being able to like really jump in. But at least then a couple of years down the line, I get a buyer job. And it's like all these guys I was dealing with in high school, basically just as like the stock kid. Um, so that part was valuable. But um, getting into more, like I said, I did wine for a long time. And then getting into beer, what I did was interesting because like 2011, like that scene is so monumentally different from uh, how it is now. Like uh, having a handful i mean you think of like obviously summit surly lucid lift bridge right um, mm-hmm. as far as locals and that was like pretty much all of fulton um kept it pretty basic for the most part but then just kind of since then really the last five years um it's and, yeah. yeah uh where that overlaps kind of the end of my run i guess for buying but still enough that it's like just running out of space in stores and having right. people still ask you for weird stuff. They tried at somebody's wedding in Michigan uh, last exactly. summer. And I'm like, I, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I'm glad to handle three to five SKUs a week instead of a few hundred. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Focused. Um, yeah. It's, it's kind of turned the job inside out to be doing off premise sales as a self distributed for a small guy like modest um that's but, cool uh, though, man you guys make some fantastic beers so it always helps when you're at least pushing a brand that knows what they're doing thank you and it is definitely 
One of my favorite breweries, that's for sure. Thank you. And I mean, there was, there was what I decided to really apply myself to making the jump from retail to production or distro or whatever. There was a, by then it was like had enough and, and been around town enough to know, like have your short list of people you'd actually want to work for. And modest was at the top. So the fact that that worked out was cream. <laughs> what, what was it about modest that you wanted to work? Um, I think it, I think at the time, because they opened, started shipping beer. I was buying crawlers at Ken and Norm's uh, down at 48th in Chicago when they opened. And um, right off the bat, the fact, like, having dabbled in home brewing and kind of gotten into, nice. uh, at that point, you know, and, like, knowing some of the dorkier technical aspects, the fact that they opened with a mash filter right off the bat. Um, and decided to run a hundred percent wheat IPA <laughs> right off the bat, um, along with a blonde coffee lager, which has become now a little bit more. You see that more, but at the time, mm-hmm. just blew my mind. Um, so yeah, just to to attach my uh, myself to someone that clearly was not just replicating the same thing. Because I think for a minute there, there was it was cool to open a brewery with a blonde, a brown, a red ale, an IPA. It's like, what color is the beer? Like, we'll, do, we'll run the full SRM spectrum and just start with that. Right. right. To have them like pushing boundaries right off the bat and doing something that was going to be like not replicable by anybody else too, mm-hmm. um, for better or worse, uh, was interesting to me. So, yeah, it's always one thing I noticed about you guys is you guys, because you guys do a lot of small batch releases because I, I actually do uh, deliveries for Bald Man. Yeah. And I mean, it's I'm in liquor stores every single day and it seems like every mm-hmm. week or every two weeks you guys have a new beer out there and it's like, whoa, wow. I mean, I we were on a, it was nuts. We were on a schedule of every third week special mm-hmm. release beyond the flagship stuff pre COVID. And then we had so much that that all happened so fast and kicked off that we had beers in the tank that we didn't have anything else to do with, uh, that we had to just bang out in cans to, to find them a home. And, uh, we just kind of kept up with that momentum. And so far, yeah, we're hitting a new, a new skew just about every week, but then it's one and done. We're doing like less than 200 cases in most of them. Um, so it's a lot to keep up with and it's hard to plan right now um, beyond the end of your nose, but um, been having some meetings lately. It's just like, is that just, it's been really fun. Is that sustainable? I don't, <laughs> in the meantime, keep people engaged though. And, you know, obviously it's being noticed. So that's, that's that part of it is cool and and you know stand by everything we put out so far so oh yeah i mean that's I, cool. I have yet to have a loser beer so good 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 love that it's it's awesome to hear what uh all these businesses are doing to get creative during those those times so hearing about you guys like you know last minute just canning this beer and pushing it out it's so much better than some of the alternatives you know oh absolutely i mean i'm also proud that we are quick on our feet and air on the side of taking risks rather than, you know, sticking to the sidewalk and potentially winding up like in this scenario, like winding up with a whole bunch of 
beer that you can't sell and have to dump is the saddest. Yeah. <laughs> right. Some of these larger scale, which, you know, through no fault of their own, but just being on a larger scale and kind of putting all your eggs in one basket, you know, not that anybody could have foresaw this, but it's a bummer to watch people have to empty FEs into the floor drain. <laughs> it's like totally. everybody's worst nightmare. So uh, well, to have mostly avoided that has been good. As long as it's not dream yard. <laughs> we, we did have a diacetyl failure, diacetyl test failure a couple weeks ago and dumped an 80 barrel. And that was the first time we've done that oh, oh, uh, man. on a flagship beer in like over a year. And it could not have happened at a worse time. And that's so, what, that's 160 kegs if my math is correct? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, would be 160 half barrels or 800 cases of tall boys, give or take, before Ooh. losses. So it's like, and that was, then we're out of Dream Yard for two weeks. And it's like, what do you do? We're running up to that right now, too. I just, before we got on this call, I was on another with my supervisor. And uh, for anyone listening, it was, if, if only this were real time, we could tell you there is no more beer for the 4th of July. Oh, <laughs> man. 60 cases of super left for the week. Uh, but That's crazy. I mean, I guess it's a better better problem to have than sitting, like I said, sitting on stuff that you can't sell. But, but That's still. fair. <laughs> Just watching it go old. and Right, right. Well, it tells I you guess. that your, your drinkers love your product, too. Exactly. We'd rather have you guys keep crushing through it than, than not. But it's fair. Well, hopefully we're not pouring out any of the beers that we're trying today. Um, we've got <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, we got uh, three different ones lined up that you actually handpicked for us, which uh, yeah. we always love. That's uh, yeah. part Thank of the you, reason sir. we love doing this oh, show. Absolutely, seeing uh, what people are drinking. It's the uh, it's the all lager power hour, and I'm, I'm on a major crispy boy kick, and I'm going to subject you guys to it too. <laughs> there you go. You get you get burned out on the. On the haze, sometimes the holiday yes, sauce. You gotta, you gotta pump the brakes a little with something, something crisp. Well, so. let's crack our first crispy boy. How do you feel uh, about starting off with uh, some fair state? I love that idea. I uh, that's, I think probably the most soft floral nuance to the bunch. So good deal. Slip off to the fridge and <laughs> grab that guy. Nice, beautiful. Eric, what are we drinking right now? Uh, so right now we've got the pills from fair state brewing co-op uh yeah fair state is out of minneapolis and this is a german style pilsner brewed with a single halt or single malt and single hop yeah yes, sounds sir. tasty believe they're they still doing oh it doesn't say i want to say it's hallertau but i could be wrong so german style did any of us know what would make this a german style excuse my ignorance I mean, to make your, uh, I suppose you would have to have, well, it's, it's gotta be Hallertau middle for, or, I think it's gotta be Hallertau middle for, for the hop. I'm fairly confident in that. And then would assume that they are all Pilsner malts sourced from Germany, from Weirman or some other, uh, maltster of international repute, but whatever they're very doing, nice. It's, uh, coming out crisp and floral and just juicy enough to, pull in this uh haze obsessed market we live in what are we getting on the nose right away Ooh, let's get just like crispy biscuity cracker and just enough like oh yeah pepper spice you get just a hint of that hallertown like teasing you that it's gonna clean itself up nice 
I'm definitely catching a, a hint of that spice on the nose. But uh, hey, man, cheers and welcome to the show. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. thanks for being on, man. Absolutely. I like your Stein uh, choice there. I went really snobby with the modest gold leaf tiku. Ah, it's so beautiful. I, you kind of have to. I never bust it out for anything. This is a, this is a special occasion. Though. Exactly. It's an Worthy. excellent drink. Love to hear Worthy it. vessel. This is uh, one of my go- – well, mm-hmm. all three of these, really. I guess uh, Fugazi is relatively new on the scene, but these are all three that we're going to get into are my go-tos. I also considered Crankin' Foamers from Fair State. but Crankin' wanna- Foamers. <sighs> Crankin' Foamers. Name. Oh, my God. I didn't want to force you guys into a 12-pack, but it's <laughs> even better this year than it was last. It's fantastic. Hey, it's all right, man. We have yet to try a beer that we – strongly dislike on the show so i'm not i'm not against uh yeah. getting stuck with something <laughs> this is this is it's got like a very light mouth feel but then there's just like a a, a a kick of like some bitterness on the back end that just hits mm-hmm. you it's very and interesting it's, crisp I'd like, too i'd like to know what the finishing gravity is though too because like you said it's like all those flavors are really light but there's still like some it's got some oomph. There's almost a little yeah. bit of oiliness to the texture of it, which makes it seem like something more special than oiliness. I didn't even think right. of that. I mean, just a for a for a crisp lager, and they don't mm-hmm. overcarb, so it's not like you're not sitting there with a belly full of gas, which I think happens a lot with the big macro domestics. Yeah, sure. Kind of modeled after you know the circle of traditional German brewing into American back to like american breweries trying to make cool german pills so right that's my issue whenever i drink hefeweizens it always seems mm-hmm. like after two i'm just so full because they're so yeah. carbed but that's just my big old big old my favorite of beer yeah yep. yeah i think yeah. uh this is the only beer of the three beers that we're trying today that i've actually had prior to the show okay and i didn't remember it a lot so i was excited to get yeah. back into it but one thing I'm remembering right away is just how nice and dry it is. Like yeah. mm-hmm. it's, there's nothing there that lingers or, or hangs around. It's like you take a big gulp, you know, and it's, it, it just sets, settles real nicely. Yep. Beer for drinking. While we're getting through this, did you want to get into some breaking brews right now? Yeah. So, uh, Andy, something we like to do on this show is, uh, a goofy little segment. Well, Sometimes not super goofy, depending on how the day is going, but a segment mm-hmm. called Breaking Brews, where we cover some uh, some local uh, events from around the beer industry. There's been a few, yeah. Yes, there has. There's been a few, so <laughs> some of this yeah. might not have been uh, you know, new news to you, but I think the first one sure. worth noting uh, kind of reminds me of the unfortunate situation of dumping out beer that we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier. Um, so this article comes to us from Brewbound, who we've referenced in the past. But uh, it's uh, Due South Brewing out of, I uh, hope I'm pronouncing this right, but Boynton Beach, Florida. Hmm. They, uh, they just dumped $41,000 worth of beer during oh. COVID. Yeah. I mean, when that's what's always interesting with like that kind of figure, too, is you wonder... It's like when you see on the news, there's big drug busts. There's like street value and like actual value. So like, mm-hmm. if it's forty one thousand retail or out of the tab, there's like there's a lot of metrics to measure that by. If it's right. forty one thousand dollars worth of it, like raw ingredients and man hours that they put into it, 
That's rough. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. That's a full timer on payroll, you know, that you're just, oh, yeah. That's just gone, like, for the year. Right. For the year. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, luckily we have not had anything that catastrophic in my neck of the woods, but $41,000. That's probably, what would you say? Three sixths of one of toppling Goliath's Imperial Stouts. <laughs> <laughs> that is my allotment of Kentucky Brunch for the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what I would have made on the razzle had I secured my my proxy bottle. Ooh, oh, that's something we should get on the pod at one point. Get some Kentucky Brunch. That is a fantastic Ooh. beer. Gnarly. Well, if you ever want to, we can do a, a cellar raid. I'm looking for any excuse to break into my obnoxious closet full of beer instead of clothing nice. and put a dent in it. So maybe that's another episode. I've been finding no, a bunch of bottles go. of 2016 darkness. Yeah. Well, that's, it seems like that's when that kind of hit. It's when they moved. Well, when did they go to full distro? Would have been around then. I suppose they started producing so much more mm-hmm. for that. Um, that if you ever go up to, I don't know where, where bald man's at, but if you go up to like the Brooklyn center municipals, like right by the old brewery, mm-hmm. you can get a full vertical, like all you want. There's like wall sized displays of darkness going back to, pro- I think probably 16. Uh, That's awesome. And when you say full vertical, yeah. are you talking like a, a sign or? Oh no, or like, like, like every year's release back to like, 14 you could put together like really six pack yeah Um, wow that's awesome pretty pretty easily they they were for the longest time the the official before they were allowed to sell the bottles at darkness day when it was still at brooklyn center um they were like the sole. they had to clear all of it it has to go through a retailer in order to be sold at that festival so it all clear through brooklyn center municipal liquor but then so then they just had like the entire year's stash, like like minus the few cases that used to make it out to retail when it was like truck chasers. You'd have guys like mm-hmm. endangering the surly driver's uh, well-being to chase the trucks so they could oh, get to the man. store at the same time. I've been seeing stuff like that with Drecker because I deliver because Baldman yeah. is in Egan to answer one of your prior questions about where it right. is. But there's right. an MGM that I deliver to that Drecker and Junkyard both deliver to. And yep. as soon as Drecker is there, I don't know how they know. I think maybe MGM yep. sends out a tweet or something, but there's a line out the door and it's like, yep. cow. There, there's a few spots that just seem like, well, and it's interesting to see how, I mean, you mentioned Junkyard. Drecker has been slowly expanding, but seeing these uh, breweries that have limited distro almost for no reason other than the logistics of it, because they're not in the Metro and they have to, plan a little bit further ahead but seeing how they've set up their their pattern or whatever like very Mm -hmm. different approaches i know junkyard was basing it literally off of um stores recommended to them from people in like facebook beer groups Mm -hmm. just like oh this is my store it's a good one it's got some craft beer and it's like near me and then they literally just put it on like a grid over the cities and tried to like spread it out so nobody would have to go too far. Right. Uh, So you find these weird little stores that are like not, you know, destination shops, but for whatever, because they, because somebody recommended them and beer people and there's nobody else near them, whatever, they are the spot and they get all the cool stuff. But right. um, And then Drecker. Yeah. Like same thing. It's people chasing trucks. It's wild. I mean, I'll be out on my sales route and have, 
uh, buyers fielding phone calls throughout the afternoon. <laughs> like, no, it's not here yet. No, it's not here yet. Like, just got a call from the driver. It'll be 6 p.m. And people just sit out in the parking lot, especially now that so many people are unemployed. <laughs> just sit in the parking lot and wait for the head director van to roll. Oh, I bet. Yikes. Yeah, that's uh, chasing those chasing those four packs. I could never do it. I used to work at a, a liquor store in Golden Valley, and I remember, mm. um, yeah, the days because we it was the liquor barrel in Golden Valley, right off of Highway oh, Fifty Five, nice. and we'd Gretchen actually get and Dwayne, yeah, Dwayne, yeah, that my used to be, he was my boss for two and a half years, but uh, oh, yeah, yeah um, we had a pretty nice beer selection out there, especially when like Ford Perkins closed, because this would have probably been like mm-hmm. two thousand fourteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Surly was like moving from the North area to Minneapolis or a lot of their, you know, their, their tap room. Um, right. but yeah, I don't miss the days of those beer releases where it's like guys are getting, pulling out of work early and coming screeching into the parking lot and mm-hmm. running the door and grabbing a ticket to, you know, get some no. 22 ounce bottle of something. It's just like, Oh man. It's wild to see some of those brands that were that way for so long. I don't know if it's more breweries opening up and pushing into those spaces that cause them to produce on such a bigger scale. Cause now it's like, I remember, like I said, I mean, you can still find this year and probably last year's darkness on the shelf somewhere to this day. And like, uh, I remember KBS uh, founders KBS used to be the same thing was like how many cases when it was just bombers and how many cases are you getting and can you set two aside for me and now it's like four packs that they're just stacked on the floor in stores and seeing that model kind of take over or shift so much that it creates a space for now we've got distributors like Pequod Lakes um, coming in with these tiny little like the whole metro area I think they're only servicing like 25 30 accounts right now and they're getting drops of like half pallets. So like 36 cases of stuff from, um, uh, now I'm going to blank, but the veil Aslan, all these like Southeastern, like they're coming in heavy with like Florida, Virginia, Tennessee, um, bearded Iris is on there. Um, but they just keep signing these breweries from these tiny little drops of beer, which are now that's what people are freaking out and figuring out, you know? The store got two cases of uh, bearded Irish home style, um, which is, you know, a contract brewed out of Wisconsin by mm-hmm. a Tennessee brewery <laughs> right. brought here by a Wisconsin distributor. Uh, it's, it's just wild how yeah. fast stuff changes. I, don't know. I, I have been seeing a lot of, a lot of new beer, especially at the total wines. And wasn't it, and correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't it just recently that, three Floyds got into Minnesota. Yeah, no, uh, wouldn't that have been, I guess the war pigs thing kind of opened the door. I'm probably wrong about this, but it was probably a year ago. I want to say. And they, they took a while to fill the pipeline, but now I think we're, we're pretty much caught up with all their other markets where it seems like all the, we're getting all the stuff. Cause for a second there, it was like just zombie dust and gumball head. Um, yeah. and now it's, see pretty much everything on the shelf and they're running full features at some of these bigger stores like you said um cool to see them uh i think speaking of i think they closed their tap room almost like for good really um, due to due to covid if you've ever been there it's super tiny and definitely not what's like driving the business at all it's a okay hilarious like shed built onto the side of this massive like surly sized brewery 
Um, Those but, places are sometimes like there's a beautiful element about them. Like I go to oh, yeah. uh, Bang Brewing pretty frequently. Oh man, I love Bang. <laughs> that place is so cool, and it's so close to my uh, house. Yeah. It's it's yeah. just a gem, but it's there. There, I mean, perfect, perfect uh, brewery to bring up during the Lager Power Hour. Uh, if you want to dork out about like corn and Kernza and uh, lager yeast, uh, those are your people. Um, and yeah, hell of a concept for, uh, I, I love a two barrel fermenter that you're practically sitting up against because it's a four seat bar inside of a, a grain bin right out in another, out in another brewery's parking lot. Exactly. I, I, can't, <laughs> I cannot applaud that enough. Isn't Hammerheart another one of those breweries that's heavy on lagers? They just, yeah, I mean, they smoke everything. But smoke yeah, I suppose a lot, of, a lot of what they do, I guess they do a lot of brown ale and stout too, but there's quite a bit. They have one of my favorite uh, Oktoberfest, their Meritzen that they smoke. Nice. Killer. Yeah, solid, solid lager game there. And then... Um, I'd love to take a trip to that tap room. Yeah. It's, uh, they're a lot of fun. I got a buddy that lives up there that is there just about every day. And I've stopped in a handful of times. He's always back behind the glass, but another like really cozy, uh, laid back low key kind of vibe at their spot too. If you've never been nice, definitely worth, worth checking out. Big fan. So Andy, if you had to rate this uh, beer that's in front of you right now, where is it? Uh, where's it sitting for you? I mean, it's close to Desert Island status. I mean, it's it's top tier. I think uh, I think I set myself up for a Sophie's Choice if we're doing qualitative uh, <laughs> uh, assessments here with the three. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a solid. Four point six. Oh, that's nice. a professional score there. He that's even used the score. points. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down to, to yeah, point to tenths of a point if that's if that fits your, oh, yeah. your system. No, we those do are it all professional the time. scores. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not on untap, so I'll, but I'll, I'll I'll honor their their scale. Nice, Eric. What are you thinking? Oh man, yeah. There's nothing that's uh, jumping out at me as a reason to dislike this beer here. It's it's crisp it's refreshing mm-hmm. it's what i expect from a, a traditional german style pilsner definitely um i'm gonna put it at i think a four two yeah and i think i'm gonna i'm gonna echo a lot of the sentiments you're saying this is light crisp clean beer i i, I didn't like that like whole bitterness aspect a while ago but now i'm really starting to to take more of that on and also obviously that's great it doesn't leave me super bloated like a half of eisen does I'm going to go three, nine on this one. It's drinkable. You know what? It's smashable. It keeps you, it keeps you thirsty. Is that, that, that crisp thing. It's just a magic train you can get on and hopefully find your way off at some point. And if you don't, that's fine too. Cause it's only 4.9. It's not like you're putting away these, uh, very sessionable. Right. You know, it's, it's beer for drinking. Absolutely. Nice. Well, I think uh, we just got two more news articles to get to. And I think after that, we'll dive into this next one here. Yeah. But uh, our uh, another article I got here is, this is local. This is like in our backyard. Are you familiar with One Brewing at all? Yes. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I think I know where you're going with this, but fire away. Yeah. Um, so they're, uh, 
one of their co-founders, there was three people that were owners of this brewing company in Minneapolis. And uh, one of the co-founders, Ramsey Louder, he's recently um, announced that he's stepping down and resigning and relinquishing any of his ownership and stakes in the company. Interesting. Um, and it's also very much worth noting that he's the first black man to co-own a brewery in Minneapolis and only a second in the state behind Montgomery Brewing Company, which is also right. an insane and kind of messed up statistic. Fact. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So glad you mentioned it because uh, Ramsey is actually very tight with the modest fam. Um, crazy incestuous family tree of local breweries. Uh, he worked with our head brewer and co-founder Keegan at, uh, and our current now basically head brewer, uh, Jack, um, the three of them all know each other from early days of dangerous man. Um, nice. Yeah. Ramsey, great dude. Uh, he went from there out to, he was actually fun fact, the, uh, master of dragon's milk out at new Holland. Really? Uh, No way. Years in between. That was kind of his pet project out there. That's one of my favorite um, beers of all time. I mean, it's a classic. You can't argue with all the cool variants they're doing now, too. It's uh, killer. Um, he was kind of part of getting that off the ground. But um, so when he came back and was going to do this, we were like super jazzed. They're right around the corner from us. It's, you know, hop, skip, and a jump, not even two blocks from Modest. Um, and to see them. So they partnered with um, – well, actually, I don't know what that article says, but it's Ramsey – um joe alton who's a big deal at the growler um and frankly i gotta admit i don't know who this third person is but joe alton also stepped down i believe exact yeah um which you know given the circumstances and the reasoning behind it very good to see i appreciate that um so we were i mean we were really excited to see what they were going to do over there he had some cool uh cool ideas in the in the shoot they started like that was also kind of low key one of the only places in town to have a concrete FV for fermentation, which you just don't okay. see. And, like we, you know, we're over here with our mash filter and our centrifuge, and we got some some fooder put in. But we're like big concrete egg. That's cool. I don't even know what that does, but let's check it out, kind of thing. So, right. Like, really, really promising, exciting stuff. And then to see them um take on more social justice issues and to highlight kind of the imbalance in terms of representation um in local beer uh as their mission statement was fantastic and to to work closely it's kind of hand in hand with brewing change minnesota which i don't know if you guys are familiar with uh i am not no cooperative of uh bipoc people um that were already kind of in or adjacent to the industry kind of banding together to um, both raise awareness of, and and frankly get people of color uh, interested and more engaged and to feel more um, represented um, in local breweries and the scene. Um, And that was incredible. Yeah. It's been their base of operate. One was their, their base of operations. Um, kind of i want to say one opened up in like july or august like it's been not quite a year um so to see like that was kind of shocking i mean to see ramsey's statement as far as you know i need to be somewhere that if we're if this is the mission statement we need to take a harder stance and apparently they're from somewhere in there not getting the support that they're expecting so Mm. 
disappointing, but I'm also intrigued to see, given everything, where that goes. And hopefully, you know, I, I think the, the my understanding is that he's going to make a run at something else um, in the same vein, but that hopefully he's got a little more agency and control over as far as the, the messaging and the mission statement. So um, rooting for him on that one, though. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we at the show are definitely behind him too. I mean, it's a it's a sad thing to see, but uh, you know, I'm all for people standing their ground and and standing uh behind their causes and and following their morals and you Absolutely. know, if he's a progressive-minded person that wanted to make change within the community and industry and he feels that he can't do that at one, then mm-hmm. I wish him the best at finding a a place that he's allowed to at to two. do that. But, Absolutely. And it's I mean, it's a bold it's a bold thing right now. I mean, we're finding in this weird version of reality that we're all stuck in right now. Twilight Zone. Uh, yeah. Um, finding out kind of where the consumer's priorities are too. I mean, um, Modest took a very strong stand uh, pretty much right out the gate after the George Floyd murder. Um and have stuck by it. That's another reason I'm super proud to work where I, where I do. I want to say you guys put up black lives matter posters, correct? We did. We actually, it's been a whole thing too. We, uh, (laughs) the first, well, I suppose like the first night of, of stuff really kicking off way over South side, like Lake street and Mm -hmm. somewhat midway. Um, we're, you know, we're in the North loop. Um, it's pretty isolated from all that stuff. It is, arguably if not the bougiest little niche corner of Minneapolis um, that didn't see a lot of direct activism in the neighborhood. But of course, all of our neighbors were, you know, those first couple days, like, do we board up? What do we do? You know, does somebody need to, the other bars, restaurants, retail businesses in the neighborhood. Um, And kind of in typical modest fashion our one of our co-owners kale and his girlfriend were like no we're just gonna hang out like we'll stay and just see how it goes but also a bunch of us employees use part of our stimulus checks to chip in on a hot dog roller uh like before that that's Uh, awesome after, after much talk of how much we missed the ability to walk down the street to the holiday station and get roller dogs on lunch mm-hmm. break. <laughs> like how much could a, how much could a hot dog roller really cost? Turns out it's 120 bucks plus shipping. No nice. way. So yeah, no, it's a solid investment. And then our warehouse guy uh, also does some forklift op at uh, uh, Costco. So we get the hook on those sweet, sweet Kirkland all beef dogs. Ooh. In bulk. <laughs> So it's we got we got a good system going. Um, oh, that's amazing! Are those those ten inches? They're, they're hefty. They're hefty. This roller is supposed to be able to fit three wide, but you can't really do it with the Kirkland boys. It's, oh uh, man, it's they're 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 no joke. That's that's a hefty it's a hefty wiener. Um, <laughs> he uh, so Kale and Ellen took the night. They were like, we have and we've got printing abilities, so they made a big banner that just said you know, not knowing where the protests were heading or where they'd Mm -hmm. pop up or whatever, but just to be safe, made a big banner that said they put out camp chairs on our patio banner that said free hot dogs for protesters, also available water, first aid, and we can't advertise that we'll give you beer, but just ask. And a picture of that banner along with, you know, um, uh, justice for George Floyd, um, black lives matter, et cetera, 
a picture of that banner and those two chilling out on the patio with uh, the hot dog roller made the front page of Reddit within like two days. Oh yeah. Um, we got a whole bunch of attention for that. Good and bad. <laughs> sure. Um, there's people that were accusing us of well, you're feeding rioters and you're, you're um, facilitating looting basically, which obviously was not the intent. It's, you know, peaceful right. protesters being, gassed by their government like you want a hot dog it's not much but people like, yeah. spin whatever they want to spin nobody's gonna burn your building down if you're handing them a hot dog i wouldn't no. um, but that took off and spun off into a bunch of other things uh, a funny story made short within 10 days of us making that banner and putting it out the smithsonian who have a wing of the museum dedicated to uh, home brewing craft beer and brewing no large in America reached out and asked if they could have it along with anything else you want to submit for the exhibit. That's uh, incredible. That's so cool. In the air, you know, again, along the lines of, you know, well, we saw like you guys' effort. We also turned the brewery into a, a collection uh, point for donations for people affected, you know, um, people lost their, their, grocery stores their target their whatever um along more so along lake street but we were a distribution hub for donated supplies so between that and the and the free hot dogs we somehow got on the radar of the smithsonian so we're taking a, a field trip next spring to go see our hot dog banner in the smithsonian as a oh, company man. COVID so cool. travel travel possible assuming well, uh, I hope you can make it modest out here, doing the right thing, making people happy, slinging beer and hot dogs, bringing people together. Talk about Twilight Zone, though, man. <laughs> well, I'm glad we uh, we steered it towards a lighter note because the last article I had today is also something I think kind of light to uh, to tie this segment nice. up with. Um, I like happiness. Yeah. We need happiness in this time we're in. Indeed. Well, I hope you'll get some from this. This comes from uh, Brewbound. Uh, Rogue Ales and Spirits is announcing that they're releasing a low-calorie recreational CBD seltzer water. There you go. Nice. That was just like every buzzword I think I've ever heard. <laughs> it is. It is. Okay. And I saw the headline and I was like, even as someone who loves seltzers, like I haven't dove super like big into the CBD train, but I know for a lot of sure. people it's making huge differences and I'm I'm all about it. Like I'm, oh, yeah. I'm very yeah. supportive of the plant, but uh, just when I looked at these flavors, like the three they had in the headline, they've got a passion fruit blueberry. They've got a lavender mint lemonade and they've got a ginger yuzu and they've all got 30 milligrams of CBD, 20 calories mm. are gluten free and naturally flavored, but no zero alcohol. Correct. Uh, Ooh, that's, because that's still the big sticking point, I know, for a lot. For you can't combine cannabinoids and alcohol. Really? Anywhere, including legal states, yeah. As far as I know. But there was also, because I know Interesting. Lagunitas actually was making like THC seltzers uh, for like very limited market, like right around Petaluma. And I think maybe they had a little toe in Colorado. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's still the whole thing is like very taboo of combining any form of marijuana and alcohol is <laughs> right apparently even if it's even if it's the cool stuff that doesn't get you high uh right At not cool with the booze but that's that's cool to see more of that happening we've we've tossed that idea around and we 
So you guys yeah, no. have your own CBD line, don't you? Or drops? So, yeah, it's it's a collab. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Stigma Hemp is, again, right around the corner from us in the North Loop. Very cool guys. Um, they're definitely positioned to be a powerhouse if we go full rec legal here. Um, but have started really strong with some very legit CBD products. The Dream Oil is uh, – we – they make an oil, like a standard oil tincture. We gave them a bunch of the Citra and I almost said Denali uh, is now, um, it's not Denali anymore. Um, Sultana hops that we put in Dream Yard. They just dry hop the CBD oil, basically. Dream oil. Um, nice. Available at several local retailers. Go find it. But, One of them being uh, Ambibulous. Yep. Yeah, That's where I found it. great 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 people over there too yeah we're at it's pretty much all in mini i know we're at we're there certix north loop somebody else oh like elevated both locations i think white bear and minneapolis but um yeah help them get into some of our retail partners to branch out of their spot going well for them good for them very cool Um, very cool yeah always uh was it we looked into doing they they were interested in having us contract do a, a seltzer type situation and possible at some point but the technology just isn't quite there yet to be able to get accurate dosage on our canning line but I would stay love, tuned for potential would, modest stigma collab seltzer I would love to know what your take on seltzers are <laughs> well I will say that CBD seltzer potentially in that format uh other than that modest will not be making a seltzer however they're very useful if you are outside and very hot and sweaty and need to stay hydrated i would also like to be drunk i will not i will not (laughs) judge anyone for ripping a claw or a truly or what have you right Uh, i agree 100 percent. oh and i also worth noting i did look the rogue ones are non-alcoholic as you noted yeah i to be fair, it would be it would be pretty revolutionary if not, but yeah. good for them. Those are cool flavors too. I don't know about the first one, the berry overload, but the other two, I like the I like the nuance. I wish that the Fair State Seltzers for my fourth plug of, of the hour. I wish the Fair State Seltzers had gotten a better foothold because I like those kind of multi layered flavors beyond beyond the fruit. Give me some ginger. Give me some lemongrass. Give me some some lavender. Sure. I'm a sucker for a good Fulton seltzer. Uh, yeah. That lemon lime is killer. Ooh, it is pretty good. That's that's seven up for a Yeah. That uh that basically wraps up breaking brews for today. Um Lovely. I'm I'm empty here. Uh what do you say we crack this next beer? Let's get that Fugazi BRB and grab it. So our next beer today comes to us from the Blackstack, correct? The wonderful people over at Blackstack Brewing Company. Um, yeah, this is a Italian style pills. Uh, it comes in at 4.8% alcohol. And so again, I said earlier, the only one I'd tried before was the first one from Fair State. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. New territory. Um, I actually snagged this one from Ambibulous and right away when you mentioned it, I, I was familiar with it just based on the name because I love Fugazi. Um, right. And yeah, so I was really excited to try this one. Cool can design too. 
they kind of broke the mold for their for Blackstack's usual uh, format visually, which I think it worked out. Bold move. Right. Yeah, I didn't even unless you tell me that's Blackstack. I right. I have no idea. Right. They've been. I guess maybe it's just their hazy boys that they're going to stick with that that uh, repeating pattern in front of the profile of the building. Everything mm-hmm. else seems to be. Uh, cheeky property or intellectual property infringement which i'm all for too they're doing uh, spare, spare parts their stp oil ripoff their uh most recently do am i right is the vegemite label that's out this week also also dope very cool uh yeah they're onwards and upwards to these guys too also great great friends over there uh friends of the brewery for sure nice the boys at blackjack so diving into this one, um, mm-hmm. yeah, super pleasant on the nose. It's more of a fruity nose I'm picking mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Um, Much more fruity no, than the other one. And they keep their secrets. I'm sure we could look it up or I could just text Al real quick and see what's in it. But I'm going to guess that they stick with their new world, new world hops. Although like what classic West coast, big C like cascade, centennial kind of that like west coasty backbone but um believe they're doing uh modest did a italian style fooder pills um with one of the first shipments of something called ericlea malt which is like only recently started making its way here and there's like the italian maltsters crown jewel uh <laughs> that, that like really peppery kind of um it's almost got like its own yeasty character, like in the malt, like to sit. Well, here's my privilege showing to be able to go back to the green room and like eat a pinch of Ericleas. Like <laughs> that almost tastes like, like you get like extra, I don't know, there's just something extra like malt meal, like malt powder about it that I love. And that has like a little bit more oomph and like grip to it kind of clings to the palate a little. Mm-hmm. Are you guys are you guys picking up a little bit of spice on this one towards the back end? It's like a faint bit. It's faint, but and it's, it's there. It's like spice and herb. There's like some yeah. kind of like savory herb kind of thing to it too. But these are beers I love to pair with food because oh, yeah, nice I mean, quenching and crisp cold. I mean, is going to cleanse the palate without like overwhelming it, or you know, and it plays so well with everything else that just like really nice old world pills with anything it's just I totally agree and it's an outside beer too it's a yeah. beer that makes you want to mm-hmm. you know sit on a patio i want a bratwurst right now and bratwurst yep. some fish tacos like yeah it's this is just the right thing to wash just about anything down um My, myself and the production boys have uh Plans to on Saturday roast a whole pig. Uh, Blackstack graciously uh, donated a case to the cause. May have to invite a couple of those fellows over to help. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. but that's awesome. Just, that's the good. That's the good weekly beer exchange. With yeah, Friday come through, you sort of swap your salespeople around to go run cases of the latest and greatest to the to the homies. I have to get bald man in on that. Sooner than later, for sure. Absolutely, well, we'll deliver the favor right back. Yeah, so, I, say, I yeah. am. 
I am the driver, so that I would be the perfect person to talk to go. about that. There you go. What's your Friday route look like? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, tap room. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, and that's. I mean, um, Friday's my my swing day. I'm I'm done with sales by then. I can dick around or come see you guys or whatever. Absolutely. That'd be rad, man. That's what uh-huh. I think. One of the things I've been most excited about this podcast is just expanding the network of just rad people that i know yep. in the industry you know yep. and this, we have not had a dud guest yet so i think that's Good. just something in line with the craft beer industry in itself you don't last long if you're not at least reasonably cool not to toot my right. own horn or any <laughs> <laughs> that's fair blow any hot air your guys way but you know i mean that's that's uh we kind of root Please out ourselves. the elements that don't yeah i mean exactly uh I think interviewing for my job at Modest was one of the most fun interviews I've ever been in, been on. Uh, but walked out of there and was like, I totally botched that. I said the F word instead of um, like for 40 <laughs> straight minutes and got a call two days later. Like you're the dude. And I'm like, that's <laughs> very reassuring. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Like it's there. There's a vibe. So, uh, and now that there's so much more like going on as far as like how to expand that and uh, get even more inclusive and, and representative too is I'm super stoked to see it go that way. Cause it's super easy to find nice, cool, funny dudes that look like me and like you guys at, but it would be awesome to shake it up. So, I mean, uh, as much Fair. as it sucks to lose Ramsey around the corner, like to know that they're bearing down on that is awesome. I agree so much. And that's kind of like the vision statement of our show, if you will, is to try to eventually uh, or immediately, you know, rather just give people a platform that it maybe wasn't there for, you know, just whether it's right. someone who's behind the bar, someone who's got some stake in the company, someone who's on the sales and marketing end, like yourself, you know, um, you know, bring in people to the conversation that don't look like, you know, you and I, all three of us. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think it's, you know, if we all try to work that direction, that's ultimately the first step in creating a more inclusive industry. Mm -hmm. It it opens it up. I mean, it's kind of become like a meme trope that I can't really argue with when it's like, Oh, what do you got a flat brim hat and a giant beard and like drive a beat up hatchback? You beer salesman, huh? And it's like, oh, yeah, but it'd be cool <laughs> if like I wasn't so immediate, you know, if that wasn't just like the prerequisite to being in this industry. Right. Uh, you know, like let's let's switch it up a little bit. Let's, you know, get more people involved and interested so that it doesn't seem like this very like niche pigeonhole kind of hobby and whatever and like mainstream sounds like a dirty word but like let's get it in front of more people and have more people feel comfortable doing a tap room crawl on the weekends when things get back to normal and that's a reasonable thing to do again right i think we're on the fast track because i mean all three of us have seen the absolute explosion of craft beer like you said andy in the last five years yeah Yeah, i'm sure you would have no shortage of names if you went down and tried to write all the breweries that have come out in the last five years. Oh, it's insane. Um, I'm still blown away that 
I don't know. Well, because you're a driver, maybe you have encountered him out on the road. And I know he's been there. Uh, our uh, One of our delivery drivers, Jesse, Jesse Elger, and his uh, lovely wife, Rachel, have both visited together every brewery in the state. Is he uh, another big bearded fella, long black yeah. hair? No, that's Metal Joe. <laughs> Metal Joe? Okay. Yeah, he's Metal Joe. Uh, uh, Jesse has a very long reddish strawberry blonde hair uh beard uh very soft-spoken but extremely friendly great dude uh if you see him out there say hi because he is a font of information and networking ability i will absolutely recommend that he come on the pod because uh he is yeah i mean he's a great dude to talk to in terms of he's been everywhere like he will be talking like this and he'll bring up somebody that's up in lake of the woods that nobody's heard of. right <laughs> like pretty good sour brown <laughs> all right man like I, I literally cannot keep up i'm just trying to trying to stay afloat and fight for cooler space in the greater metro area but the fact that he's getting out to all these places that have opened in the last six months and are a you know 15 seat tap room mm-hmm. uh up in cloquet He's been there. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think that's a big commonality with a lot of craft beer passionates like us. Like we always want to get out there and try new beer. Obviously it's a little bit limiting in terms of like lifestyle. You really mm. you gotta make it a really big priority if you want to get out there and do that. But we always yeah, no. try new stuff. Yeah, uh, no, it's now it's been real tough, but Yeah. Oh definitely. I mean, and they, they dedicated themselves. He proposed a barrel theory. I think their honeymoon was a beer trip out east. Uh, they went to like 15 uh, legendary East Coast brewers uh, as a honeymoon. Very, very dedicated people. Rachel's patient. She's a saint. Nice. Fun <laughs> and, little. And, a, and a connoisseur in her own right. Absolutely. Love that. Fun little story about Metal Joe. Modest. Everybody's got one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Modest was one of those when I was getting into the craft beer game. Modest was one of those first breweries that I really latched onto and like fell in love with everything that I tried. So I actually saw Metal Joe out on the road. I want to say it was either last week or the week before that, and I had an extra case of our Tupelo Honey Brown Ale in the back of my van, and I was like. I feel like doing a good deed today. Nice. And he looked like he was just having a crabby day. I asked him, he's like, dude, I've got 30 deliveries left today. And it was like five 30. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, oof. Duh. So I gave him a little four pack and put it right on top of his van for him. And you Lovely. know, just a little, like you're going to have a good night regardless. Man. Treat for Lovely. I'm, I'm sure he, he slunked it down within minutes of getting home. Cause that's how he drinks is. <laughs> oh man, dude, I had 13. I had 13 dream yards last night, man. Watched the <laughs> Lord of the Rings, man. Up till, up till 4 a.m. playing with my dog. Uh, he's a great dude. And you know what? He's probably crabby because uh, he was a driver for like two plus years for us and then got uh, got tapped to be one of our uh, on-prem salespeople. Was absolutely kicking ass. Nice. Taking names uh, up until COVID. Now those guys are the ones that are like, now we've got a million retail deliveries to do. We're like, Joe, do you want to get back in the truck, man? (laughs) Please. Uh, Whatever. And yeah, I mean, also great in all great in all arenas, but yeah, uh, I'm sure that I'm sure that made his day. Thanks for keeping our boys hydrated out there. 
Well, true company like, man like, on him to, uh, you know, step up and do that for you guys. I know. It's it's cool. It's been really cool to see everybody uh, kind of come together and do whatever needs to be done, regardless of job description, because um, we pulled that rip that COVID ripcord really early. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, everybody but the owners and the head brewer got laid off, like, the third week of March. Uh, there was us. Furloughed, excuse me. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I was out for like six weeks um, completely and then working from home. And I've only just recently started getting back on the road, seeing accounts. Um, but even, I mean, can't stay away. I live like six minutes from the brewery. So like right. even when I was totally laid off, I'm like, we we'll go hang out. And every day you go in there and it's like people that are, you know, aren't getting paid or, we're running the packaging line. We're cleaning mm-hmm. up. We're, you know, organizing stuff. When we had the, like, we're at the height of donation collection. We had anybody that wasn't a hundred percent busy with whatever their actual job is. They're helping coordinate. So, um, said it a thousand times. I'll say it again. It's the greatest company I've ever worked for. I hope to stay there as long as humanly possible. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a great group of people, but I also know that like across the board, people have just been stepping up to keep themselves open and the lights on. So, Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You kind of got to throw away your regular job description hat and just do whatever is needed these days to keep the lights on. Yeah. And that's basically what we did at Baldman too. Like Eric and I both, we stepped up to do, home deliveries mm-hmm. uh, canning yeah cleaning the yep. tap room whatever we needed to step up and do that and there was just a multitude of different things that yeah. we did just because you know we don't want to see this business go under a obviously it's our job and right. our source of income but right. like, i get so much of my happiness from going into work every single yeah. day and dealing oh, with smiling people that i get to so I almost feel bad hanging out with my friends that are not industry that are just like, do online retail sales for this luxury watch company. And they're so <laughs> poorly made watches. And I'm like, dude, I don't like, I so drop ship globes. <laughs> We're all laid off and they're all like, and you have to like discord and whatever. And all like, whatever. It's dope to not be aware. I can't, Finally, like whatever the first couple of weeks anyway, before everybody got incredibly bored and was like, oh, I'm still at work. Like, <laughs> I'm still hanging out, seeing if there's yeah. a reason I can be there instead of my house. So, I mean, that's, right. that's a rare, a rare, rare thing that, you know, hang on to it because you don't get it often. Yeah. No, <laughs> I've had other jobs. I thought I like didn't hate. <laughs> and then I fell into this and was like, well, that's what it feels like to actually enjoy what you do. Oh, you don't hate your job until you work for a holiday gas station in Frogtown. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, oh, oh yeah. Is it the one at, what is it, Laurel and... Rice in oh. Pennsylvania. Yes, that one. Yep, yep, yep. The big, Garbage. The big one on the weird corner. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. A, that's a, that is a regular... Uh, red bull and jerky stop for me in normal days oh yeah nice uh but i will note that there's like standing water on the floor like a lot yep (laughs) yep just like got like it's flooded and oh yeah glass and stuff uh 
Dude, I'll kick it up four stuff. notches higher. Uh, human feces on the side of the building before multiple times. You know times. that'll that'll happen. I mean that, and that is not totally out of line for my experiences at Mickey's for the God almost four years that I was there. Intersection of Plymouth and Emerson. It's a wild slice of life too. But uh, you got to do those kinds of things so you know what you don't want to do for the rest of your life. Bingo. <laughs> Agreed. Cross that off the list of potential career options once you've once you've confirmed that it's not for you. One hundred percent. Well, I'm I'm glad you love what you do, man. Definitely talking to you. It it, it comes across. It shows. But uh, tell you what, uh, we're gonna take a short little break. Welcome back. You are listening to Suds Buzz. We are here today with the man, Andy Herzog, courtesy of Modest Brewing Company, their uh, sales and marketing dude. Uh, and we just wrapped up drinking the uh, Fugazi Italian-style Pilsner. Real tasty, that one was. It's real tasty. What are we uh, giving it on? Five-star. Andy, you go ahead. Always complimentary that the guest goes first. Oh, that's a, I set the bar. So I guess, what did I say? Four, six. It's all relative, right? So four, six on fair state, not to start fights. These guys kind of, ah, gut says four, four. Uh, and that's from an objective every man standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh just because it is brutally dry, crisp, which I love. Drinkable. Um, oh, absolutely. Um, it, is a, it is a necessary uh, star in the constellation of, of craft beer. I'm going to give it a solid 4-4 four, four, wood crush. If Matt, Al, Murphy, Chad, any of you are listening – don't hold it against me. This is the the, 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 the the problem with picking all of my like favorite favorites. It makes it very hard. Hey, four, I'm going to go 4-4. Four, four. That's, that's still a powerful score. score. It's, I'm, I'm going to, they're, they're all going to be four plus. I'm just spoiler right here. Love it. But. I like it. Eric, what are you thinking, buddy? <sighs> you know, if, if I had to put it toe to toe with what I just had previously before that, um, the thing I, I will say this first. I preferred it just a little bit to fair states. And the reason mm-hmm. why, the only reason why, and it's, it's minuscule, but there was something about the mouthfeel of the, the Italian style where again, was super dry, similar to the, the fair state one, but it was just, there was, it crackles. It, it crackles and it was, you know, maybe it comes from the higher carb, but to me, because of that, it was just, mm-hmm. it seemed like a little bit more of a complex beer. Yeah, after investing, it had some stuff going on. I, yeah, and that might also just be because I've had a ton of German style pilsners, a ton of you know Czech style pilsners, and mm-hmm. and I don't know the last time I had, if ever, have tried an Italian style pilsner. So that was that was Super new water for me. New water, I like that. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm putting it at four six, four six. Another strong wow. score. Yeah, that was. That's not a one and done beer. And no. I I think another. Exactly. And I think a beer is good when you would feel confident bringing it to the cabin. When you would feel confident bringing a couple four packs for of that everybody. to the cabin for the boys to slam. 
this is this is also the beauty of the crisp clean lager game. It bridges the gap because if if Hayes dorks like us can get excited, then you can bring it to like your racist Uncle Gary at the Fourth of July picnic this weekend and go. Hey, look, I brought her. Oh, what is that? Like a woman on the can and like colors. Like, I don't know, man. I like beer. You go, it's beer flavored beer. And they're not disappointed. You can right. bond and start to bridge the gap between all the different things that you don't have in common with right. your racist Uncle Gary. Thanks to beautiful Italian Billsman. Speaking of haze dorks, though, Blackstack, obviously very well known for all their oh, hazies. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's cool for me to see them or for me to try because – you know, I am a haze dork myself. For me to try something from them that's a little bit different, I'm putting this at a four-one. That's a solid beer. There, that's that's this is this is high marks all around. Oh yeah, and I don't I don't give out anything over fours willy nilly here. We know this. It's a. Uh, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm I'm pushing I'm pushing the needle, but I, I also believe that that's a an earnest assessment. So. Oh hey, you you can't buy my opinion, Andy. That was an <laughs> honest opinion there. Unless you have, you, Kolsch, you have a key lime Kolsch. If you have a key lime Kolsch, Dustin can Ooh. be bought. I can be Ooh. bought. And so s- actually, the next beer that we're opening, there was. Whew, you want to talk about lime and lagers? Yummy, yummy. Not the Kolsch, notwithstanding, but. Super Deluxe, the shameless plug of the Lager Power Hour. Uh, Supra. We're also. I also didn't realize that I accidentally uh, picked a roundup of local breweries creating uh, lager styles to the Axis powers. We have Germany, <laughs> Italy, I, Italy. The same have, thing. We have a Japan. We have a Japanese style lager to round it out. So that was not intentional, but <laughs> potentially problematic. Our engineer uh, of the show, Salsa Dave, brought that up to me earlier today and I thought of the exact axis same thing of evil. I went on I try to go on it like really each is. each brewery's page and read into it a little bit more, and I don't think mm-hmm. the I didn't see the oh, I guess it says right here, Japanese style lager on the can. But yeah, it was on I Modest's mean, uh page and I'm like, oh wow you know they use rice and japanese uh-huh. american hops i'm like this is super nice it's uh we did a world tour it's just uh we're glad it's not like 1938 uh no kidding now everybody's chilled out a lot andy i am a big modest fanboy but you. again can't buy my opinion so we'll have to get into this one to see how this truly is i, I have high hopes say, i i wish that if you had approached me two or three weeks earlier to do the pod, we would have had uh, sea salt lime supra. Oh. So, not to paint your opinion before we even get the can open. God. But, uh, when you drink it, imagine it with a hefty dose of lime juice and premium grade sea salt on top of all of that koji grade, highly polished rice. And sriracha ace. Yes. I mean, uh, if anything, my mouth is watering. Yeah. I if mean, anything, that just hurt the final score. <laughs> I'm going to give it because now I want. <laughs> it's it's not sea salt lime, but hopefully it'll it'll get a pass regardless. Well, you led us to our next beer perfectly. We've got the super rad, super deluxe, the OG premium lager, Japanese American style lager from the folks over at Modest Brewing Company. Thanks for the hookup, man. I'm excited for this oh, one. Oh yeah. I've been seeing this one everywhere. It's uh we only it's been so one of the only beers that we've been making basically since day one. 
uh, a little over four years, and it only started getting so a chance to uh, right? only uh, got its first shot at retail uh, right before COVID kicked off. Holy cow! Uh, is that the lightest of them all? It's beautiful. Yes, can it see a, through it perfectly. Is that- a crisp, clear centrifuge to hell. Uh, short boil ricey boy it is just i mean right on the nose that is just good clean crisp crackers right there oh, it's like cereal i mean super rice cereal rice krispies i mean like that i get like a very like <laughs> breakfast cereal unsweetened i mean like just a fresh like crush up a bunch of rice krispies toasted rice Man, I don't want our listeners to start thinking that we've oh, been wow. bribed, but this might be the second week in a row where my favorite beer is uh, <laughs> a beer that our guest is bringing to the table. Last week, we had right. a, a Julian Pelkey, who's a friend of ours and is a brewer at Tin Whiskers. Nice. And, um, you know, him and I are kind of in agreement that we, you know, the the super heavy flavor extract beers isn't necessarily mm-hmm. our bread and butter, but uh, right. we tried... A couple of other beers that weren't Tin Whiskers brews last week, and then tried the uh, the Dope Bot, their double dry hop IPA with the uh, OG Kush hops. That was the t- joke. Nice. Yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> and it's you know play on the chronic. It's you know they're not being subtle about it, but the uh, damn good beer. You know that actually that is one thing that I wanted to ask you about because there I don't know if you've seen the can, but it. I mean, anybody who who knows Dr. Dre, and in particular the Chronic One, they know that's what that can is. And I like, right. and I understand you obviously don't have a, a background in like uh, like being a lawyer or anything. But where does you know like trade oh, infringement or copyright infringement come so, there? Because I mean, that is like almost a one for one. We are copy. so we are speaking just from the direct uh, experience of working at Modest. We are no, uh, we are no stranger to the cease and desist letter. Mm-hmm. Um, the beauty of it is, in in to keep it short, by the time all of these like all of this uh, bureaucratic legal stuff gets rolling, usually you're in the clear because uh, somebody our size at least, um, once you've got it packaged out the door, it's not on the premises, so it's all sold most times you can't be held uh, legally liable to go like buy all the product back and like quick get it off the street. It's like, we've made the money. We've cashed the chat. Like by the time you get the C and D or like, it's done, like it's over. Right. It's not something we didn't register a trademark. We didn't. And because modest mostly doesn't ship out of state. Uh, we don't have to get a lot of stuff cleared with the TTB. That's a whole other government agency that is in charge of vetting um the content of labels and making sure that they uh cover all the necessary legal bases and don't offend anyone or violate copyright law mm-hmm. outright um we've gotten quite a few we also made the news a couple of years ago for uh dilly dilly double ipa yeah uh, getting our our national news C D from anheuser-busch didn't they come uh, in and do something really wild in your guys' tap room <laughs> They did. Uh, they brought in a full like Renfest 
festooned uh, town crier with an actual like uh, scroll of parchment paper and an actual soapbox to get up and stand on top of just during taproom hours read us in like Shakespearean English our cease and desist oh uh, that's so perfect just a random double dry hop uh, hazy IPA we called Dilly Dilly because those ads were crushing like, ubiquitous yeah and it was like dilly dilly in like the bud light you know like oh like blue oval with mm-hmm. like the red pop out like it was very like yeah nose. <laughs> i love it uh, but we were also like that was all it was two and a half years ago modest was even smaller than it is now uh and so thought nothing of it but they came down the kicker was that they included it was right this i don't know three four months before uh was it Super Bowl 50 here, I think? Mm, I believe 50? so. Yep, that sounds right. Something? Ish. Something like that? Yeah, it was like uh, several months before the Super Bowl, and so they gave us two Super Bowl tickets. No In addition way. to, hey, we will destroy your brewery. We will burn it to the ground if you ever do this again. But hey, have some Super Bowl tickets for the Anheuser Bush box, <laughs> which, <laughs> which we uh, uh, incentivized and raffled off for a uh, local Pitbull charity. So, right. Uh, oh that's super cool because who could who could there's like six dudes out of like 30 at the brewery that care about football at all uh also i personally i'm one of them but i would have hated to have been at that particular super bowl would have yeah made my head explode so i'm glad like, yeah. let let it roll but that's super no, it, in terms of in terms of cease and desist though that's as good as it can go and the funniest one we've ever got was from the estate of gary larson uh author of the far side comics really which is awesome <laughs> uh uh for a collab we did with junkyard on like a blonde uh peanut butter brownie stout um <laughs> that we called the oh, i don't even remember now betsy's bride i don't know it was a it was a play on la- it was like uh actually it was the junkyard um guy did a really nice job of replicating gary larson style perfectly to make like our own uh pair of single panel like far side style cartoons for the two labels that we each put out oh um, man i love that that's great but it was like it was way it was like eight months later we got a letter from gary larson be like you better not keep making the bar <laughs> side it was that's what it's called the bar side uh that's great (laughs) that beer's been gone since literally like the week it came out so like like, it's it's done who who is in charge of distro and sales when you do a collab like that with junkyard say well in that case we did we each did our own batch so it was an exchange kind of pair of weekends where um those boys come down, hang out with us for a day, and put something together, and then send Jack and Joe and Keegan up, crash it, Melissa and Aaron's, and do their own. That one was we did a blonde stout that looks like a hazy IPA, but was peanut butter coffee cocoa nib, mm-hmm. um, super just like stupid lactose in it, um, and then theirs was a more traditional like imperial pastry stout or whatever they did a. Um, super dark like dark chocolate maybe also coffee peanut butter but it was like a traditional stout so it's kind of like light dark that was actually our version was one of my favorite beers we've ever made and 
would love to. It's kind of, have you guys had a bad weather immortal toast? Yes, the oh, uh, the the blonde stout. stout or the white stout. Yep. Yeah. yep, it's in that vein, but then just like dumb amounts of peanut butter and coffee. Like interesting. On top of all that is, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Keegan's been playing with our uh, imperial stout, like pastry stout base, and it's like dumb. <laughs> that sounds so uh, good. Last couple bottle releases, like it's so high grav sticky whatever that any kind of like sweet adjunct you throw on top of it just like drips like uh yummy enter the void we got our peanut butter stout. now i'm just rambling now you gotta, <laughs> you gotta cut me off and edit because i'm well no. hey i got some stuff that i can throw at you we got mm-hmm. uh three questions that we kind of try to disperse throughout uh each and every episode but would you mind if I hit you with those three questions speed round style? Let's do it. All right. So let's do it. The very first question is, what is your very first or your very favorite Minnesota beer memory? Ooh. I think, man, it really is like, Tasting my way through the four flagship Surly cans from like 2012. <laughs> like, sure. That having that like blow my mind, having like, because prior to that, it was like craft beer that I drank as like an underage punk. It was like Line and Kugel's Honey Vice was like very. Mickey. Oh, the, the, the owner, like my, my boss's kid stole that like from work. <laughs> like, that's right. weird drink whatever like that's that's nice that's not high life although i'm back on high life as an almost 30 year old <laughs> oh yeah um that might lead to our next question but feel free to they, go on. <laughs> uh, uh, and then but but aside like prior to that then like craft beer had been uh summit epa which is like sure bitter mm. and like you would be in high school like drinking at buddies houses and you'd run out of the half pint of like bottom shelf vodka that somebody's sister bought for you. Right. And then have to go out to the garage fridge and like your dad drinks some at EPA dude. Gross. Like we'll pass around this 12 ounce bottle and try and kill it. Cause it's so like oppressively bitter. Oh, <laughs> it was the worst. And then by 2012, I was like, surly furious might be the best beer ever made. <laughs> like, that's and awesome. Like, like it was literally like working my way up from like trying hell and being like, that's like regular beer, but like cool and good. And like what we've been talking about as far as crispy boys so far here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, and then like working your way up to cynic and being like, that kind of tastes like bubble gum or something. We like, what is, what is any of this? And then, and then getting into furious and just being like, this is, hurty but good <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah i don't know just that that weird awakening of like trying the that sierra nevada pale ale and torpedo look that's not local but even and then like hop dish blowing my mind as far as like Ooh, that was sure. kind of the that's the entree into like west coast but like oh hops can be juicy and not just like rip your face off right i always feel so un-minnesotan when i say i don't like PBR, Surly Furious, and uh, the other one you mentioned, Summit Saga, because those are just like Minnesota staples. Ooh, 
Yeah, and Saga being like a revelation. Like, it's so funny to me to think of all beers that like seem like a revelation. Mm-hmm. They were like, this is the future. Like, uh, <laughs> when Deschutes uh, Fresh Squeezed was oh, bomber yeah. only, and it came out like four times a year, and I could get like three cases of bombers at the store I was working at downtown. And it was like, I was like, man, I got to get three. And like, I know my customers are going to like beat me up if I, if like, like, that'll be gone in two days. But like, it's pretty cheap and I make no money, but like, can I get a fourth kit and like, like wheedling my salesperson to give me a fourth case of bombers of fresh squeezed, which is now on tap in like every VFW from here to mouth. <laughs> That's, oh, like, it's so true. It's so true. Is <laughs> whatever. It's just the go-to like, and I was just like, it tastes like grapefruit. How do they do that? <laughs> and like losing my mind. Uh, oh man no those are all great answers surly fresh squeeze hop dish yeah no i love it just brain waking up in 2012 to to hops so possibly back to high life because it's funny you mentioned that actually last week our guest he one of his beers he selected for the show was high life so we drank a high life on on the show yeah um what's your favorite guilty pleasure beer so there's been a few. Last summer was the summer of Natter Days. That's the most like oh. recent, uh, disgusting. Like everybody at the brewery is going to be diabetic if they aren't already. And have you I was seen? Picking up, I was seen? picking up a suitcase every week for the brewery. Like oh god, and coming in on those Fridays where there's not much to do for me, and like jumping in on the canning line, and like me and the cellar dudes will crush a suitcase and like an hour or two that's awesome just don't like shotgun races with the like whole brew floor crew how can i get in on that i mean (laughs) this is we got to do these friday exchanges is all i'm saying it's it's kind of a i don't want to say it's a free-for-all i don't want to advertise this but well i just want to crush natties with the boys i mean that that was kind of last summer and then it morphed into um are you guys familiar with spaghetti the Never phenomena heard. of spaghetti. So that kind of ties into the high life thing. Spaghetti is a magic alchemist creation of you take one ounce of Aperol and top off. Uh, it's got to be in a bottle. It's got to be classic high life in a bottle. Um, you know, you got the little neck label with the witch. Yeah. You take, yeah, yeah. You, you, you take just enough off so that the level is below the witch. And then you take Aperol and you fill it back up to above the witch. And then you top like little spritz of lemon juice. I don't know what happens, but it's <laughs> like a saint. It's like, it takes that beer from like 5.2 to like 7% and like magic sangria. That is the most refreshing, juicy, stupid. It doesn't make, it doesn't make, it's gotta be high life. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to have to try the this now. Behind it. Spaghetti. Consider me inspired. Uh, I found an abandoned Jägermeister igloo cooler uh, out by the trash <laughs> in my apartment building. A nice. Weeks ago that has the it has the dispenser. You flip the bottles or whatever, and then you've got booze on tap. It's meant to be like you pop some Jag bottles in and then pack ice around them, and you've got a tap for Jag on tap. Sure. And then there's like another two thirds of the cooler for beers. It's going to be the spaghetti station on Saturday for that pig roast. Hell nice. yeah. Some Aperol bottles in there. And then uh, you got your high life. That oh, sounds like a blackout I, by 4 p.m. 
All right. Oh, that's generous. It's, <laughs> we got to fire up the smoker at like 5 a.m. So if I see noon, it's going to be like, uh, I'm doing, doing okay. well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole work day between there and noon. Um, and then it's, uh, so that's, that's the, the big like hot button answer. Also most underrated beer of all time is uh, Highlands old style. Krauss and Lager. Nice. Chicago staple. Um, sadly not as available everywhere as it should be but if you're looking for another old world super crisp uh logic defyingly crisp refreshing summer slammer old style every day love it hot takes here from andy well third and final question uh when you're not working with beer what are you doing Work is a loose term already with the, on the uh, in terms of with beer. Sure. Uh, I do stuff with beer almost constantly. Um, other than that, man, I got really into fishing. There you go. Year. Nice. Since uh, lockdown hit, like when I was fully laid off in like late April and it was just warm enough to go outdoors, uh, realized fishing is a wonderful, glorious, virtually free thing. It really is. Uh, you know, you get to you can do it like anywhere here. I walk a couple blocks to the river from my house. Nice. Chuck in. Um, what else do I do? I'm not very interesting. Um, <laughs> you and me it's both. It's all just it. like lockdown. It's lockdown activities: uh, fishing, cooking. Sure. You know, been been getting more in like in the groove in terms of putting together menus and, and cooking and stuff. I don't know. That's always a, this feels like a loaded question. <laughs> it absolutely is. But I will say uh, that's, those are interesting things. I mean, we've been yeah. talking about ourselves uh, doing an episode devoted to um, beer pairings and doing like small dish stuff. And absolutely. I think it sounds like yeah. wieners should be one of them. Yeah, yeah. Some Kirkland Wieners. Always on the menu. Yeah, well, so uh, the beauty of the roller is actually we're finding out the versatility of it. We started throwing taquitos and mozzarella sticks on there, too. Oh, my God. This is just like every quick trip ever. If it's a cylinder, it'll roll. And if you have (laughs) access to them, uh, you can cook them. So we're, like, putting mozzarella sticks and taquitos. Not that that counts as cooking. But, yes, uh, that's another. We'll, We'll do a cellar raid episode. And we can do a uh, beer dinner uh, episode. We'll do a, a five course, five pairing because that kind of ties into my. Uh, that was more what I did for my my wine years. I had like two, three good years of getting pretty into that unattainable hobby. <laughs> oh yeah, I would love to do uh, episode. I would have love to do more episodes with Andy. I think that would be awesome. Um, cool. What are we thinking about this Supra here, though? This one I can't rate first because that would be a conflict of interest. So That's fair. That... <laughs> Eric, would you like to go? Yeah. Um, I got one last swig in here. I know I said earlier that it might be the highest rate of the episode, but I'm feeling really torn here because yeah. it's, they're like neck and neck. Um, it's real good. Um, 
again, there's nothing that's standing out here that I don't like. I'm, this is a treat. It's my first time trying this one. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing about the infusions you mentioned definitely, definitely I piques mean, my interest. <sighs> I think I'm going to set it at a 4.5. I like it. And... Uh, yeah, it's a strong 4.5. We've, you know, we've got a little touch left in this growler, which will definitely get finished tonight. And yes, I'm sir. sure I'll probably have to talk myself out of cracking into that other one tonight. So it's, yeah. it's not a you bad. You can. <laughs> five, five on the, five on the, on the dot. You can uh, go crazy. You guys, yeah, you guys are splitting a growler. I have a whole one here. Uh, there you go it's mostly gone it's mostly gone but it's i can understand why it's it's good stuff yeah four or five for me not disappointed Mm -hmm. really um i will say the nose on this was far and above the other two that we tried just super super crackery biscuity just definitely light delicate yeah I think for me personally, that is around what the only point of contention for this beer comes from is because yes, on the nose, it is like, it's a noseful, but then on the body, it's, it's very light, super drinkable, like almost little to no like body, but there is, there's hard cracker in there again. Um, Drinkability, yeah, I'd bring a couple crawlers of this up to the cabin any day of the week. If I want something a little bit more complex and some other things going on, I think I'm going Fugazi. But the Supra is still very good if if you just want something that you don't even need to think about. It's a good, easy drinking beer. I think it's tied with Fugazi at 4-1. Lovely. Very fair. So we're getting over that 4. I mean, and in no surprise, I'm giving this a near-perfect 4.8. It is what I, without thinking, I could, if I were a sleepwalker, I would find my way into the tap room and just drink this like water. Uh, It's got like a a almost sake-like um really like bright i get like the most like floral like fair state to a degree too but i get the most like floral like bright stuff off of this but i think the carb is perfect the the weight of it is perfect it is and i say this as someone who loves Lacroix and is a connoisseur of na seltzers that has a hard time drinking regular tap water i like my LaCroix and my Bubblies and my New York Seltzers. Mm-hmm. This Me is as well. The, this is, if this came out of my tap uh, in my kitchen, I'd be a happy boy. 4.8. Yeah. And I think going back to what I said, it's, it's not a bad thing that I'm not necessarily picking up a ton of complexities because it is super it's, crushable. But it is still, I mean, that's when you get the guy in, uh, the crisp white new balances hopping down out of his F three fifty, fresh in from Moorhead and goes because he's on his way to a twins game and he's stopping into the tap room. He goes, What do you got? Tastes like Nickelodeon Golden Light. Throw him a Supra and he's like, Oh shit, I didn't think you'd have anything. Like that's right. that's pretty cool. 
and they're yeah. happy. And like I, who drink for sport and have tried anything that anyone's ever put in front of me in the last ten years, uh, still this is my go-to. I'm at work. I got sixteen lines at my disposal gonna go for this nine times out of ten mm-hmm. it was interesting that you brought up that would have it kind of had that like sake like a little bit of a bump in there to it there's like a weird cling of like uh uh like literally like honeysuckle flower petal like i yeah. don't know like, that's getting really deep in there but it's uh it's no but a, i picked up on it it doesn't right it, it's it's a combination of like really really light rice grain uh malt i guess yeah like you're getting like the the when you when all that steam that blows out of the rice maker Mm -hmm. like that's what it smells like to me yeah um it's kind of cereally and then but then it's so just like soft and and gentle and like a downy downy fabric softening sheet Uh, (laughs) uh without all the harmful cancerous chemicals uh a hint of that blown blown across it filtered through one maybe we don't do that but could fool you this is great i i, I could really listen to you it. talk beer all night man this is this is awesome um it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure been yeah, likewise 100 percent um we'd have you back in an instant but uh for tonight yeah. thank you for joining us man it's been a pleasure thank you've you. been listening to uh Andy Herzog chatting, chopping it up with the Suds Buds. And uh, we will see you back next week with another installment. Uh, feel free to find Andy at uh, Modest and on the road. Throw him a hang 10 by Modest Brews. Uh, you can find uh, Suds Buds on Instagram. If you uh, know someone that would be a good guest for the show or want a guest on the show, shoot us an email at sudsbudspod. That's suds with a Z, buds with a Z, pod at gmail.com. Bingo. Andy, you got anything else to plug? Uh, drink some crispy fruited lagers. Well, I don't know when this is going to air, but we got some. Any special releases? Some crispy anything boys, going on? Man. I like it. From Modest, Tangerine Lime, Cherry Lime, two of variations course. coming out next week. It's uh, very on brand. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> ridiculous, but also the new. Uh, Run the Jewels album is pretty good too, so check that out if you haven't. Hey, agreed. Great plug there. Very on brand. <laughs> it was a pleasure talking to you, brother. Andy, Likewise. bless you. Likewise. Thank you for having me.